Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Thank you so much for joining me on Unpeeled. Today, I talked with Gabe Rosenthal about finding the right path, success, and having the right mindset in order to obtain the goals that you want to obtain in order to get that life that you've always wanted to have. So let's jump in and find out what Gabe has to say. What is the difference for someone who is on a path and they know and it's the wrong path? How would they know that that's the wrong path compared to what someone experiences when they're on the right path? That's a good question. The easiest way to put it is that if the results of you going on that path you feel like are the best ones that you can get, then probably you are on the good path. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there are many, I think there are many, many good paths mm-hmm. that you can take. And you will never know which one is the best path. Because again, as I was saying, when, when you're stuck, you, you just realize that you have infinitely huge number of, of paths that you can go to. So because we are limited by a hundred year lifespan, yeah. <laughs> we cannot try all of them. Yeah. And to say, okay, this is the right path or this. Uh, so I think the only real hands-on criteria that you can have is just the results that you have, the mm-hmm. kind of uh, fulfillment that you get from your path. And if that satisfies most of your needs and some of maybe of your wants as well, Mm -hmm. then you are on a good path. I I wouldn't uh, want to judge if it's better or worse or the right one, because this is very relative, right, Mm -hmm. for everybody. So I think the major assistance that a coach can give you is not to tell you if you're on the right path or not. It's just to try to uh, challenge you to to look at where you are mm-hmm. and compared to where you could be and decide for yourself if you want to stay on the same path or you want to try something different. Okay. But what I'm uh, and going in deeper into this is not about just deciding uh, on what path you go. It's for me, it's mostly I'm trying to show people and make them realize what is their potential. Mm-hmm. Because I think regarding the blockages that you mentioned, I think if you if you had like a list of them, for me this is number one, always the most important. Because if you if you don't know if your potential, you, you can never grow enough to be happy. Because mm-hmm. if you always think like this is the most I can do, you you would be stuck there forever. Back to being stuck in the mud bit. Yeah. So for me, like always in the first sessions, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, uh, make my clients angry. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and challenge them and, you know, make them go crazy. Yeah. Uh, because uh, most of them realize what their potential is. And from then on, you can decide if, if you can fulfill your potential on your path or you need to take another one or you need to adjust 
we always need to adjust. Mm-hmm. Like no path is perfect. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe in perfection. I think it's a useless concept because uh, it's it causes a lot of pain and stress <laughs> and, and stress shame and, uh, and it's 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 just um, um, very useless mm-hmm. and and um, not good for people to pursue perfection. Instead, what I'm what I'm uh, suggesting is to pursue improvement mm-hmm. because if you focus on improvement you can only get better yeah yeah it's like when you're talking about potential back to my son he he's so full of it like he's so full of potential because he's so smart and verbally gifted and visually gifted and you know he's an amazing musician and he's just so full of potential and he told me one day he goes Mom, can you please stop telling me that? All it does is stress me out mm. because I'm not living up to it. And I think it's important that we understand as parents, and my, my son's taught me a lot of things, but it's important for us to remember it's we have to know what our potential is and not try to live up to the poten- what other people see our potential as. Yes. Because what people are telling us may not be what we want for our lives and may not be the potential that we want for our lives. It's hard to kind of go, okay, you know, what is my potential? Where do I want to be in life? And believe that, I mean, I always think that I'm less than other people say that I am. And I find that very challenging, like that gap. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, other people think that I'm way above. i am got my head in the clouds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so how do we really look at owning our own potential and owning who, who we are? Like, But what does it take to actually kind of go, okay, you know what? This is, this is my truth. It takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> work! <clears throat> yeah, because the work uh, on ourselves is a lot more difficult than the work that we do on a regular basis Mm -hmm. Uh, because what we need to do is to challenge ourselves and try to agree that we were wrong Mm -hmm. and this is I think one of the hardest things to do oh I hate being wrong I hate it I hate finding (laughs) out I was wrong yeah but if you're not if you don't um, agree to be wrong Mm -hmm. you can never learn new things okay so if you say okay whatever i am right now and whatever i'm doing is right you cannot contradict yourself and change so if i'm on the right path if i think i'm on the right path yeah i may not be but i'm not going to change that or even explore the change because i'm going to think that i'm on the right path and then i'm going to kick that horse even though it's decomposed a month ago and keep kicking it it is possible. Yeah. I'm just saying that if you think you're on the right path and you look at the results and the direction you're going into and you think you're okay, then you, you have to think, okay, I, I'm going on the right path, but is this the best I can do? Mm-hmm. What can I do better? Yeah. It's, well, I, like a lot of times when I look back and I think, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I should be doing. I'm doing what... I was told I should be doing, I've got the job, I've got the kids, I've got the husband, I've got the house, I've got all of this stuff. And yet, it feels like I'm kicking a horse that isn't wanting to move. So, 
that's kind of what I mean. Like, I believe that I'm on the right path, but I'm not willing to look outside of that to see whether or not I truly am because I've labeled it as right. Yes. And because changing is a painful process. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned before, most of the people are trying to avoid pain. Mm -hmm. And it's, our, it's in our default, you know, programming. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's a very hard to fight against your operating system, mm -hmm. right? Because it's kind of a paradoxical situation, and that's why people avoid change, even if it's from from good to better, because they say I'm doing good mm -hmm. anyway. This process is very hard to do on your own. Mm -hmm. This is why a coach can help, because it's very hard for you to, again, to go against your own beliefs. Right. That whole idea, oh, the universe is telling you which way to go, or this was meant to be, or this is fate. How much of it, of that is real? And how much of it is actual self-actualization? Hmm. That's a very hard question. <laughs> <clears throat> so my belief system it's uh, like a hybrid. So I don't believe in like a fixed fate. Mm -hmm. Like you have a, a, you know, a certain road that you cannot avoid taking it and you just have to take it. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that um, within the infinite possibilities that we can apparently have, there are some that are better for yourself. Uh, and the ones that you can go closer to for fulfilling your your potential so every time i encounter uh coincidences for example mm -hmm. right because i was trained by alain and his uh, uh, expertise is mostly in systemic coaching mm -hmm. and systemic coaching has its foundations in cg young and other people or other big people who uh, developed um, work based on, on similarities and systemic and synchronicity. Mm -hmm. So I do pay very close attention to what, how things are happening, uh, in what order, and how things are connected and stuff like that. Because I think they have a meaning. But they have a mean, the, the meaning that they have is the one that you give it to them. Okay. And if, if something happens and for you, you can say it's just a coincidence. Uh, you can go by and live your life, but if you if you pay attention and say, okay, how how could this coincidence uh, be important to me? Mm -hmm. Like because we are we are used to thinking uh, most of the of the experiences and events happening are cause and effect. This right. is our core belief as as human beings, right? We Every, do A, we get B. Exactly. So in order to have an effect. You need to have a cause. But when you look at these synchronic uh, events, uh, the funny thing is that you, you don't see the cause. Mm -hmm. You only see something that can be an effect. Right. So meeting a certain person in a, in, in a very, very improbable way, in a very improbable place, mm -hmm. at a very improbable time, and developing a certain relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's like romantic or business or whatever. 
uh, it could be just a coincidence, but if you think of the probabilities of that happening and the series of decisions that you made mm-hmm. in order to get there, you'll find that the cause is it's almost inexistent. Okay. So this is a type of synchronic event that I'm looking at. Okay. I'm also working with that in, in my client's sessions. Yeah, because like when you're talking there, I'm like thinking about how you went, you're in Montreal, you had a real estate business. Someone said, hey, why don't you come and build a real estate business in Bucharest? Because we need it here. Yeah. And you've learned it in Western Canada, or in Canada and in the West, bring those ideas here. Yeah. You went back, you did that. And then, but not only that, you started this business networking thing to build all that up. Someone comes to it and says, hey, we're going to, I know this guy, Alan. He, he come and talk here. He comes in, he shows you something new that you are blown away by. These are all, it's like somebody's, you know, as an author of, of novel, fictional novels, it's like comes in there reading and going, do, do, do. Okay, now I'm going to have this character go here and this character go here and see what's going to happen. Yeah. But is it like that or is it just, Life happens. Because you also made the choice. Exactly. Right? Because he came in, he talked, he blew you away, and then you made that choice to say, huh, I want to know more about this. But how many other times have you listened to something or something's come in and you haven't made that choice? Yes. And I think this is the like the main point that you are making. It's about choice. Mm-hmm. Because these kind of happenings and people mostly it's about people coming into your life uh, this is my my take on this uh, they, they come and, and you share some experiences but it's, it's your decision if you feel like there is something there that you want to explore mm-hmm. more or develop that relationship and see where it goes mm-hmm. and it's it's about decision it's about the choice yeah you can decide yes or no but this comes into, and here it comes into the scene, uh, the other thing that it's kind of not, um, you know, scientifically proven in terms of machines being able to perceive it, mm-hmm. is that intuition and, and gut feeling. I was talking to someone the other day about emotions and rationalization, because I've just listened to a book called uh, Everything is Fucked. In the beginning of it, he's talking about having an emotional brain and a rational brain. And he was just saying, well, there's intuition and the gut instinct. And what does that feel like? So when you are talking about intuition, what does that feel like for you? How would I uh, um, describe and, and uh, separate the two things? They're both decisions, but the decisions made by intuition are instant. Mm-hmm. There is no thought process. It's like the everybody has that. It's just that if you pay attention more to it mm-hmm. and to it effects and how your life develops on that, uh, you you I think you have more benefit on it. So, for example, when you meet a person mm-hmm. in the first milliseconds, probably you decide, right, if that person deserves your time, attention caring, love, money, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes, that's, okay. I, I totally think that's so, right. So that's intuition. Okay. It's not a thought process. 
right? Mm -hmm. You cannot go back and think, what have I? What was the thought process to decide that? Mm -hmm. there, there is no thought process, or if there is, it's some you know, we cannot perceive it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, how I uh, separate. This is an intuitive decision, and not like a thought process and rational decision. Okay. So I use it most of the time. Okay. Uh, both personally and in, uh, in coaching. I don't trust my intuition. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the personal world. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to your story again, going back to um, where you see yourself, what is your goal here in Canada? Like, what do you want to be doing in five years, ten years? Like, what do you want to be known for? Better ten years. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to be known for not only in Canada, but globally as one of the best coaches. And I want to be able to help and scale the business to a point that I can help many, many more people and uh, businesses uh, get better. Mm -hmm. And I want to write books. I want to have um, like an academy online. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to, to teach other coaches uh, the same practice and uh, have an ICF accredited school um, and in the meantime I want to be able to develop another, some other businesses because it's something that I, <laughs> I do and, uh, uh, and I'm still doing it. I have a skincare product uh, company that I just started three months ago. So. Oh wow, <laughs> you got a skin, okay there you go. Not only are you coaching, you, are, you have a skincare product that you're yeah. um, trying to launch as well. That's it is launched. It's a soft launch, but yeah. it's the actual product exists, and I started to deliver to some clients and uh, testing it. And yeah, it is the one thing about being an entrepreneur is you want to do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, true entrepreneurs seem to have their fingers in a number of different pies. When you look, there's I always go back to the Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk's and. Um, well, maybe not Elon Musk because he's got more than one pie, but Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos and uh, Bill Gates, you know, they were focused on one goal, one vision. Yes. And they built something from scratch to the end, to this great big, huge thing. Entrepreneurs don't seem to go from the beginning to the end. They start something, they love the starting of it, they love coming up with the ideas, defining all the processes, getting it to a point, and then selling it off. What is the difference, do you think, between an entrepreneur, like a true entrepreneur who's like all over the place, and someone who's focused, laser focused on, on a task? I think they're both uh, what you described as entrepreneurs, but the, the letter is a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. That's the difference that uh, you want to make. Because uh, Elon Musk is also an entrepreneur. He had multiple businesses. Yeah, no, that's why I took him out of the thing. <laughs> but, but Steve Jobs as well is, is, has been an entrepreneur and Bill Gates, but it's just that they're stuck with one business yeah. and Elon Musk is a different kind of entrepreneur. Yeah. And they're both, uh, you know, both uh, uh, types out there and there's always going to be that. Mm -hmm. So, there is no right or wrong answer because apparently both work. Yep, and both are entrepreneurs. Um, it's that vision, though. 
that soul vision that I was, is there a difference between um, having a ideal, um, like with Jeff, like to take Jeff Bezos, who wanted to build the everything store. He just wanted to change the way that retail happened. And that is his number one thing. Like you can say, yeah, Amazon's got all these different businesses. They've been buying things up left, right, and center. But his one goal was to build the everything store and change retail, which he did. Yes. But also it depends, I think, on uh, how you are built. Like even if my parents weren't entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I tried to sell things since I was probably eight or nine years old. So I, because our, we had our teacher in, in, in elementary school who was uh, uh, trying to make us build a um, uh, postal stamp catalogs. I don't know how you call that, but uh, at some point I had a lot of stamps and I just didn't like the thing. <laughs> and I started to sell them. <laughs> uh, then uh, uh, in the eighth grade, uh, my friend and I were working in a farm. We, because they couldn't actually pay us because we were like 13, uh, they say we can take vegetables and we took them and sold them into the market. And all this stuff, so I always sold things. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. You, you, you have a product or you think of a product and you try to sell it to a market mm -hmm. and solve a problem. Yeah. In my definition, an entrepreneur is some first of all somebody who takes a risk. Right. Right. When you're employed, the risk is very low. Mm -hmm. The risk is just the company being bankrupt or going bad. Yeah. Or if you do really bad shit. Job. Yeah. But other than that, if you just do your job every day, the risk is very low, right? Mm -hmm. But the entrepreneur doesn't have an income. Mm -hmm. uh, so the risk taking, I think it's. 80% of being an entrepreneur, the willing to take the risk yeah. and to have months or years uh, where, when your business is not going well. You know, some people fought for change. Some people fight for revolution. Some people fight to leave a country. Some people fight to keep a country the same. We've had a lot of revolutionary stuff in the last little while, globally, like if you think of the Arab Spring and stuff like that takes a certain type of person to be that risk taker, that entrepreneur that want to make a change in this world. So as an entrepreneur who is a risk taker, who has left and gone out on his own is highly independent. What drives you? I think uh, at a very early age, uh, being encouraged by my parents, which was very important that I'm, as you said, that you talk to your son, mm -hmm. uh, the same way my parents uh, encouraged me and said, you're very smart, uh, you're good looking, you're, you know, you have all the potential that, that you have. I think that uh, was really important for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never tried to demonstrate them that I can do it, but I felt like a responsibility for me to do it. Because I think when, when you acknowledge your potential, mm -hmm. you have to do it. There is a simple belief that I have in terms of natural systems. And I think if you look at nature, we can learn a lot from, from it. And um, every potential in nature is fulfilled. Mm -hmm. 
So I think we are part of, part of nature. We are. Even if we fuck it up right now. But, <laughs> or we kind of say we don't. Yeah. We see ourselves as separate from it or yeah. domineering it. That's or, another discussion. That, yeah, that's, that's another totally, podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's another total thing. But you're but, right. So I think as humans, part of the nature, I think this is something that we also have to do. If you, uh, if you acknowledge your potential, mm-hmm. you have to do it. So I think my potential is to help many, many people see their potential and get better results. And if, if everybody's doing this in their own way, like as a, as a community, as a group, as a country, as a, mm-hmm. you know, entire population, everything gets better. Yeah. Having that support to improve, having that support to reach your potential is, is very important. Yes. But what does support look like? So a lot of times when people say they want support, they're looking for someone to bail them out. They're looking for someone to do it for them. But what does real support look like? I think it's uh, very um, subjective because for each individual, support can mean different things. Mm-hmm. But if you want, if you're looking for like a like your definition of support, my definition of support is uh, first of all is, is people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think that uh, if we were like alone on on an island. Uh, you know, isolated from the rest of the world, there's very few things you can do, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have anything. You're not you connected. Have, you're not connected. You don't have resources. You don't have healthy relationships. You don't have anything, a market. You, so, <laughs> you're Tom Hanks with the, yeah, with the, with the Hanks, volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think this is the main thing, the, the human connection and healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's... The, the first thing that everybody should take a look at. Mm-hmm. If something is, you feel like it's very wrong, or if you're not on the right path, mm-hmm. or you, you think something is off, uh, I would suggest the first thing you look at is uh, who are the people in your immediate circle? Do you have healthy relationships with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, being, be that uh, family or friends or coworkers or neighbors, yep. whatever. So I think the relationship factor is very, very important. Secondly, of course, is, is uh, looking at uh, resources and tools, what you have at hand, mm-hmm. what can you work with. Mm-hmm. We, we all have that, like, even if you think like, oh, okay, I don't have money, I don't have time, I don't have space, I don't have... When you break it down to the, like, 100% reality, mm-hmm. you will see that's bullshit. Like there are so many examples in the world of people doing great things with a lot less resources than anybody has. Yeah. Like there's always some somebody who has a lot less. And they're doing way more. And they're doing way more. So if if you acknowledge that, if you accept that, mm-hmm. then you cannot say I don't have money, I don't have time, I don't have space, I don't have. If you just uh, you know complaining or contemplating all the things that. Are not going well for you. Yeah, this is impossible to move you forward. Mm-hmm. There is no way, like there is no uh, <laughs> demonstrated uh, case of people just sitting, complaining, and getting ahead. Getting ahead. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't think so. But really, uh, while you're telling, while you were talking about this, I was envisioning that video. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on social media, where they line up all these kids. And then they say, okay, take two steps forward if you have two parents. 
take two steps forward if they're still married. Take two steps forward if you went to private school. Take two steps forward if you ate every day. You know, and, and the more privilege that you had, the further ahead you got in the raid. Yeah. Your starting line yeah. got. And then they said, okay, $100 for the first person to get across the starting line. And of course, you got these kids at the back who are don't have all those advantages. And the kids at the front who have all those advantages. And the ones at the back are working harder to get over the finish line. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, what I was thinking more of, except for this, we're going to get across the finish line, is the lesson is more, okay, I'm at the back and I'm going to work my butt off to get to the finish line, or I can sit at the back and have an, that it's an excuse. I didn't have two parents. I didn't have meals every day. I didn't go to private school. I didn't have this, that, or the other thing. So I can stay back here and I'm not going to get, I'm never going to get that hundred dollars. So I'm not even going to try. But what you're saying is everyone, regardless of where they are on that starting line, has to put in the effort in order to get to that hundred dollars. Yes. So if I've got all the benefits in the world, if I'm just going to sit on my laurels and not really run that race, the guy with nothing, with the worst upbringing is going to beat me every time. So it's not really where we started. No, it's because every day you start. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, thank you very much. But before you go, you have got to teach me how do you say hello and goodbye in Romanian? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So hello, like informal, Mm -hmm. is uh, salut. Salut. And uh, goodbye is um, either la revedere Sorry, la revedere. La revedere. La revedere. Oh. Or you, you say again, salut or salut. See you. See you. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's easy. Salut. Salut. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep it there. Yeah. <laughs> I can do. I can do salut. La <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that one. Um, but thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. What's the name of your coaching company? It's Rosenthal Coaching. Rosenthal Coaching. And what's your website? Uh, the website is rosatalcoaching.com, but now it's just revamping okay. for the new audience. The new audience. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, I look forward to getting to know you more as we Thank move you, forward. Shannon. Hello, it's Shannon again. You know, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Gabe as much as I did. You know, in 2019, my husband moved us uh, back to Vancouver where he grew up. And my life took a dramatic left turn, um, actually took a dramatic left turn and down, which resulted in 10 years of change and discovery. And it wasn't easy. So I call that period of time my mud pit. So when I got to Vancouver, I discovered the transfer my work had promised me wasn't there. And because we couldn't find a place to live and our stuff was in storage and everything was up in the air, I decided to leave the company to get my family settled. I mean, after all, uh, there's always another job, you know, there's always work to find. Boy, was I wrong. You know, in Calgary, I didn't have any trouble finding work. I was able to find a new job easily. In Vancouver, it took three years until I found a position 
And right when I found that position, my husband demanded a divorce and I took him up on it. Things went from bad to worse. Um, as I found myself powerless, um, with little in the way of resources, uh, I was, uh, I didn't, his name was on pretty much everything and he didn't want to support us, um, to the live. Anyway, I ended up being a full-time single mom to two teenagers, as uh, so he had very little to do in their lives at that point. I lost my job. Um... I struggled to find an, another one, and no matter what I did, life kept hitting me hard. It was getting to the point where I'd wake up, or I'd phone my mom, and it was just, you know what happened today? This is what happened today. This is what the kids did. This is the problem I had to solve. This is what problem happened today. And I had such a huge amount of things happening that life problems became like a buffet and my mom was trying to push me to get to solve everything at once and I finally had to say you know what mom I have so much to do but I've only got one plate I have one plate and on that plate I can have three things just like a meal meat potatoes vegetables three things and when I was working it was my job my kids and with one problem to solve that's how big the problems were then when I lost my job it was look for a job take care of my kids and solve one problem the rest of it sat in a buffet and as I solved the problem I go back and fill up that part of it. And that's how I live my life. It, no matter what I did, it, you know, life just kept hitting hard. I would finally feel like I was getting on solid ground and the rug would be pulled out from under me again. I was the ball in a pinball game, trying to hit the right target and hitting the bumpers and traps instead. I had no money was rejected at every turn and became beat, beaten down. I was alone. Then my kids moved out on their own and I lost the last thing I was scared to lose. And that was a daily family life. I was alone and on a new path, which two years later has led me to Market Appeal and its platforms, which are created to tell real stories about real people so you can find real solutions for yourself. You know, I finally feel like I found my purpose and I'm on the cusp of something big. Doesn't mean that I don't struggle still because, you know, money's money and I'm all alone and, but I don't feel like I'm that ball in the pinball machine anymore. I feel like just over that next hill, all my problems will be solved by life instead of life throwing garbage at me. When you find your purpose, your path, your life, it's simpler and more peaceful. You know, 
don't get me wrong. I mean, like I said, I still have struggles, but even they are working themselves out as opportunities are coming to me to fill those gaps in my life. I'm not having to go out and seek them. They're, they're coming to me, which is a lot easier. You know, a big part of Market Appeal's mission is to help others, to help people like you, who find themselves struggling to find their purpose, their path, by telling other people's personal branding stories to help people like you discover ideas, solutions, and your path to success. We all get off track sometimes, and when we are in the back 40 trying to find the road to civilization, life is difficult. Trying to find the road without a map or compass is hard, really hard. Finding it with the wrong map and a broken compass is impossible. And maybe that's what's happening. As you strive to get that life that you dreamed of. As you go on with your day, I want you to think about your path, where you are, where you want to be, and what is getting in your way. Maybe your destination is the wrong one. Maybe there's a different path to get there, or perhaps you are right where you are supposed to be. You only need to turn a bit to see a different viewpoint. I hope you find the right path for you and opportunity finds you. For now, I want to hear your feedback. So on social media, use the hashtag unpeeled. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know about your path, your journey. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, you know what? Throw me some stars and share Unpeeled with your friends who might need to find the path that they're supposed to be. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account, use the hashtag unpeeled, and let us know your thoughts about today's podcast.